Good evening and welcome to Clyde One Super Scoreboard As we look back on a dramatic weekend across Scottish football Celtic lose their first league game in 364 days Going down 2-0 to St Mirren Rangers might have underwhelmed with their performance But are only two points behind after beating Dundee United 2-1 And there were big wins for Hearts, Hibs and Livy As we head into the international break I'm Gordon Duncan Joining me tonight is Andy Halliday and Roger Hanna There's no such thing as a quiet weekend in Scottish football You're right Gordon, Rangers did underwhelm on Saturday against Dundee United at Ibrox but they're one of the big winners of the weekend because Celtic unexpectedly fell flat in Paisley yesterday I don't think anyone saw it coming and after 364 days unbeaten in the Premiership Ange Postacoglu's side put up a loss well, as far as um, 3-0 wins goes I think that's probably the poorest I've been involved in Gordon, I would love to I'm, gl- I'm glad you acknowledged <laughs> it right at the start I've got serious questions to ask you about how that happened yesterday but I would love to come in and give you a bit of stick But to be fair, Motherwell played well But certainly the shock of the weekend certainly came in Paisley 38 league games undefeated for Celtic And, the, and that, 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 that winless run uh, Sorry, that um, undefeated run's obviously over And then wins for Rangers Also St Mirren, Hearts, Livingston, Hibs And just that dross, 0-0 draw that the lovely Roger Hanna attended. Yeah, you were there. You were there for the big one in Perth. But whatever you took away from the weekend's football, this is the place to share it. 0141 Now, there has been uh, changes to our scheduled programming today. So with that in mind, we're only here until 7 o'clock tonight. So don't hang about. One hour, we'll cram in as much as we can. And we'll look back on the biggest talking points from the weekend. So do not dally. 0141 1025 Celtic fans How does it feel To have lost a league game You might have forgotten That sensation At where did it go wrong Lots of changes made By Ange Postacoglu Is that what cost the team Was there something more to it Was it just one of those days How do you reflect On defeat in Paisley Yesterday uh, And Rangers fans Last time we spoke to you There were some Very very strong Negative words being used About the performance At Ibrooks. How do you look back on it have you cheered up a bit Given that Celtic drop points And you're only two points behind Or do you still have Underlying concerns About performance levels And the way things are going At the moment 0141 We are only here until 7 o'clock It is obviously A bit of a different day With regards to scheduling So get in touch And give us your opinion Please you can tweet as well At Clyde SSB It is still a Monday night Roger Hanna You two still have to Give me the big answers Although I think I might know the answer to this one Result of the weekend uh, I'm going to go with St Mirren Like I said Celtic 38 games undefeated in the league 364 days as you rightly pointed out And it certainly was a shock of the weekend I don't think anyone's seen Celtic dropping points anytime soon Never mind at the weekend against St Mirren So fully deserved in the result of the weekend Yeah Roger I'm sure you would have gone for something yeah. similar I always make you spread the love though So what else? Well Andy's modesty is all that prevented him from saying Mother will nil hearts three the result oh, of the weekend and yourself I like you know, it it was it was a strange game Gordon Dale phoned me on his way home from the game last night And he was just saying to me He'd never seen a game like it Motherwell so dominant for so long in the game So many chances, saves, hit the woodwork Bizarre misses from the Motherwell players And yet hard score three But coming back from a Thursday night away in Riga Where they won that game as well It's particularly impressive you can come back and win with another clean sheet uh, if you say so Right fine We'll move on We'll get to that later on uh, we're, 
Two eyewitnesses to that game One was a bit closer to the action than the other It must be said What was your goal of the weekend? You know I often go for team goals and I'm going This to is where you're going to get your hearts mentioned in isn't yeah, it? Yeah without it Well no that, there's a, another mention coming okay. In that game But my goal of the weekend I go for team goals I'll go with Alan Forrest first uh, Great team move One-two with Michael Smith A little back heel to play him in Then obviously the little wrap pass into Lauren Shanklin, great support and run from Alan Forrest and a lovely left foot finish into the bottom corner. Yeah, it was great. Um, Roger, your goal of the weekend? I could quite easily have gone for Alan Forrest's second goal just simply for the pass from Stephen oh, Kingsley. Roger, I've got to do it. But um, the, the one I really liked actually and it didn't do them any good at all was Duke's goal for Aberdeen. I thought really nice build up on the left hand side, good team play and a terrific finish but a little fella over the top of David Marshall and inside the far post. Okay, let's go. Where are we next then? Howler of the weekend. Well I can stick with Easter Road And I'm going to give it 50-50 A share of the howler I said the other week he was a real deal But David Dickinson I'm afraid What an honestly That is an antique mistake to make Because <laughs> he had been warned about it by Jim Goodwin And I'm afraid Ryan Portis is going to share the award Because it wasn't a penalty It was a foul the other way Not only was he pulling Liam Scales jersey He wrapped an arm round him And pulled him down to the ground and neither David Dickinson nor the linesman saw it properly, gave a penalty, Martin Boyle scored, Hibs went on to win the game, it's a howler. Lovely wee ding-dong between Jim Goodwin and Ryan Porteous as well, I don't think there's any love lost there somehow between the two, I'll maybe try and play that later on if I get the chance, that interview from Jim Goodwin. Right, your howler of the weekend, Andy Halliday. I do like that one Roger I don't mind the verbals But for me It's a bit more of a glaring opportunity And a big reason why Motherwell couldn't take <laughs> oh, it into I know, the game I know. Which one? Certainly was from missed opportunities But the standout one Had to be Paul McGinn <sighs> I think it was it Was it Spittle that hits the post With the header? Uh, yep And it falls I'm not exaggerating Because I have the best view of the right next stadium. to it, It falls two yards out Still a decent angle It's not He's not at the tightest angle But he has no net to hit and uh, I think it hits a, maybe the bottom of his stud or the back of his heel hits the inside of the post and gracefully falls back into Craig Gordon's arms so that, that was my howler for that miss and in front of a watching brother John Scotland International noticed, oh, was he, in front of you, he was up ready to meet up with the Scotland squad sitting just in front of me and uh, I think he wouldn't mind if a chance well, like that falls his way this week I was just about to say if, if a chance like that falls for John at Scotland I don't think if he misses that though There'll be any pleasant I, I, calls about that next week. I spoke to Paul before the game to do a piece for the for the Sun on Sunday, and he was talking about the year he had had because he won his one Scotland cap a year ago last week, and he said it sort of started a really really bizarre year because he had an injury that kept him out at Hibs for a while, and since that day he's had no fewer than six managers. He's wow. played he's played under Steve Clark, Jack Ross, Sean Maloney, Lee Johnson, Graham Alexander, and Stevie Hamill. And he said, you know, after a season like that... I like you, that. That's you, a good start. That's a good start. You, you don't think things can get any more bizarre, he said. <laughs> <laughs> I do like that. I'm going to go on a search to find if anyone can beat six managers in one year. I yeah. love that. Good, right. Okay, that's why you're here. Uh, individual performance of the weekend. Who's getting the nod? Who's getting the accolade? Oh, I mean, I would love to stick with Alan Forrest for his two nope. goals, especially after a win at Riga. But I'm going to go for Christian Montano. I think... Uh, you know, we were on the, the receiving end of one of these winners a couple of weeks ago and he was fantastic in the game, got man of the match and I think that change to the left-back slot seems to have reinvigorated his Livingston career. I think he's been excellent this season and another match-winning goal against Kilmarnock at the weekend so he, he, I think he's a worthy winner. 3-1-0 Th wins for Livy this season. Matano scored the winner on the mall. 
Been reunited at Tannadice as well. Yeah, I like it. I, I like it. Right, what are you getting? It's well, a start, man. Listen, you could go through that St Mirren team. You could start with Trevor Carst and finish with Jonah Younger and Curtis Mayne at the other side. Um, tempted to go with Mark O'Hara, the captain, the goal scorer, but you need to go with Stephen Robinson. Um, if you remember the pre-season, if you remember the start of that Premier Sports Cup, losing at home to Arbroath, losing away to Airdrie, I think a few pundits in this show maybe took them to go down, Gordon, and they've got a victory. Against Celtic And you know something They deserved the victory Against Celtic yesterday That seems like a good place To start St Mirren fans How good was it Pick up the phone And let us know Celtic fans How bad was it Where did it go wrong Was it all down To the changes Or was there more to it Are you worried in any way Or is it just one of those Bad days in the office You've not lost For quite some time uh, And uh, anything else You've got from that game Now is the time to share it 0141 951-1025 I'll repeat it once or twice more We are only here Until 7 o'clock tonight Bit of a different day With regards scheduling So 7 o'clock We are off Get your thoughts in Before then Please And you can tweet as well At Clyde SSB Just to set the scene for you Here's what Ange Postacoglu Made of it all We were nowhere near The levels we want to be um, Credit to St Mirren First of all I mean I thought they They worked really hard They really committed To their game plan And uh, Yeah Made it hard for us, but I just don't think we hit the levels of performance that we need to hit to, to play our football. Um, you know, we didn't really get going in the first half, and then we were chasing the game. You look at everything, team selection, the way we performed, so everything's under scrutiny. Um, you know, from my perspective, like I said, but irrespective of, of those kind of factors, I still think we didn't, like I said, we didn't hit any of our marks in terms of. You know, the kind of football we want to play, the kind of intensity and tempo we want to have in a game, we just never got going. You know, you come to these places, it's difficult, and you've got to assert your authority on the game and, and dominate, and we never did that. You know, I thought we just we just looked a little bit flat at the start of the game, and, uh, you know, I think, you know, trying to get going during a game is, is almost impossible. You need to, to set the tempo early, and we didn't today, so, um, yeah. From our perspective, that's uh, it's, it's a disappointing day all round. Taking the goals you conceded. Yeah, look, I mean, we, they, they weren't great goals, but I think they're just reflective of the whole game. We didn't really create as much as we do. We did we usually do either, so it kind of works both ways. Like I said, there's not one aspect that we kind of go well. Okay, we we, we performed at, at the levels required. You know, I just thought all around we just weren't um, anywhere near. You know, the, the, the football team we want to be and. When that happens, um, like any other football team in the world, you get punished. So there's the assessment of Ange Postacoglu. Stephen's a Celtic fan in air. What was your assessment, Stephen? Hi, Gordon and uh, Roger. Hello, Stephen. Um, it was exact same panel at the start, uh, the start of the month. I was on here and I was saying, if Celtic beat Rangers, Rangers have got tough away games against Aberdeen and Hearts, and I feel they'll slip up in one of them. Mm-hmm. So I think. Angie's, I'm going to state the obvious I think there's too many changes in the team Having said that There should have been enough To still beat St Mirren So I'm not going to use that as an excuse But To me if you If you if you move one defender out at least I think there was two changes in the back line That's Your defence is always your route You start for there I'm just shocked at the amount of changes That was made there uh, Right where did it go wrong for Celtic Was it all down to the changes We can certainly you can join those dots now After the game mm. Is that accurate? I'm going to put it down To an off day I, I, Listen I think Celtic uh, It's only last week That were lauding Their strength and depth And I think rightly so I, I think they've got it Across the pitch They made similar changes Against Ross County In the Premier Sports Cup A couple of weeks ago If not even more Still managed to win the game Very comfortably 
but I just put it down to an off day. Listen, Ange Postecoglou quite rightly says it's nowhere near the levels needed. I'd go as far as saying it's nowhere near the levels we've seen a Celtic within that 364 days. They obviously haven't lost a game, but there's probably not even that many that you can say they put in a performance like that and got a result. So for me, it was an off day. I think they had a little bit more of a threat when Jackie Marcus came on the pitch, but I think if you look at the chances throughout the game, not really many clear cut. And then defensively, St Mirren uh, have done great to get the two goals. And, and I did like the fact that Ange Postecoglou quite rightly pointed out that, that uh, St Mirren de- uh, deserved the victory. What do you make of that, Stephen? Because it was only, I think it was three weeks ago Ange Postecoglou made nine changes for a trip to Ross County. You mentioned the back line. I think the entire back line changed that night and the goalkeeper. And it worked. And then everyone phoned in and said, this is how good Celtic squad is. We can make these many changes and it doesn't make a difference. But now because the result didn't go that way yesterday It was too many changes And he, sh- he shouldn't have done it. it Is that not a bit of a contradiction? It is for When you're saying everybody A lot of people maybe said that I said to my mate yesterday I said that's too many changes If you go into that game and you win that That puts the pressure right on Rangers Because I still maintain that Hearts will get at least a point against them I find the holiday plays well that is Well I wouldn't, <laughs> I wouldn't be banking on that uh, Stephen Um Roger, what do you think? I, I mean, look, get it. It's staring you in the face. Celtic make changes, then don't perform well and lose. Yeah, you're going to get accused of making too many. Is that where it went wrong? With the conversation that showed on Saturday, and what you said is confirmation that it's a results-driven business. If, if Celtic go and scrape a one-nil win at Paisley yesterday, then Angie's got it right. Um, I was really surprised. But is that you know, why they didn't get the result ultimately? Um, I was surprised by the selection, Gordon. You, you, you might mention the nine changes at Dingwall. Dingwall was a League Cup tie in a midweek wedged between two Premiership games mm-hmm. at the weekend. So he wanted to rotate. This was Celtic's last game prior to the international break. Um, you know, I'm very, I was really surprised, particularly when the two centre-halves are injured. Carter Vickers and Starfield are injured. So you're without them anyway. I'm assuming Juranovic had a knock because he was nowhere to be seen in the squad either. So when you've got those enforced changes... I was actually surprised there was no Hitati mm. or O'Reilly, particularly Jota. Because he won't be going on international duty anyway, neither will Matt O'Reilly. Exactly. Well, I think he's away with a Danish Dan- oh, Dan- 21, sorry. Yeah. I just remember he wasn't um, in the full so squad. I was, I was surprised that those guys didn't play. And there's a few who looked surprisingly off the pace. Maida, who went off at half time. Moy, Turnbull, who I like, didn't play well. Kyogo, I don't think, has been at his best since the injury in the old firm win either. And it was just a bad day at the office for Celtic. I mean, Stephen, 364 days since you last lost a league game. I take it yesterday isn't setting too many alarm bells. Does does it feel like just a minor blip that will be overcome? Or, or, or are there any concerns creeping in? As a blip, well, you have to give credit to St Mirren. And I'm, I'm one of these guys, I phone in when I'm wrong. I say if, if Celtic beat Rangers, I thought they'd drop me the points against Hearts. I still maintain that. So if, if they draw, you know, you're kind of, you're kind of, there's still a good gap there. We're still two points clear. Still the best team in the country. So I'm more than happy about that. It's only one game. They've done a fantastic run, so I'm happy. Yeah, I mean, look, we'll get to Rangers parting this weekend a bit later, but on the league table right now, it is only two points when Celtic are, by everyone's assessment, flying and there's a real feel good factor. There seems to be a lot of negativity around Rangers. It is, it's two points. It's I guess Andy, that defeat yesterday essentially wipes out the 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 points advantage Celtic gained in the 
the yeah. old firm game that's and, the way you could look at it yeah and it shows you how quickly football can change in a week you know Rangers were just off the back of losing three games in a row which is you know unheard of it a club like Rangers and Celtic and going into that Dundee United game I know you touched on it earlier but I, I almost felt like Rangers needed every bit as much a performance than they did a result and I think they got one out of the two but then certainly the shock was that, that Celtic end up dropping points in Paisley I mean Roger Stephen thinks it was just you know one sort of off day and you can understand that can't you it's not even as if there has been indications that this was coming it's not like performance levels have been dropping it, it, it was just out of the blue yeah completely out of the blue nobody saw it coming at all even you saw the, you know, the team lines you thought Celtic would be strong enough as Stephen said himself to go to St Mirren and win this was a St Mirren side who had lost 3-0 at St Johnson in their previous outing so it was the shock result of the season and the way the fixtures go now Gordon after the Scotland international triple header when we start the league programme again in the 1st of October starts with a 12.30 kick off at Tynecastle Hearts against Rangers if Rangers go there and win they're top of the league before Celtic kick a ball again thank you Stephen 01419511025 to join in the conversation uh, Frank is also a Celtic fan where did it go wrong yesterday Frank? Um, evening gents I mean a few things um, first of all no excuse you see um <clears throat> deserved the, the victory they, they thought with lines they were um, all credit goes to, to, to them um, there's a couple of things I think stood out in terms of Celtic one is that the absolute rock at the back Cameron Carter Vickers I think he you see how important a player he is for, for, for our team. And yes, we have strength and depth. I, th- I think Jens struggled beside um, Welsh and um, Curtis Main and Bost. Bost him up front and Bost at Mum centre forwards done really well. But I said to the producer, that I know he started against Ross County in the 4-1 away, but I think everything stemmed from Aaron Moy. Aaron Moy is a, a technically good football player. But where he's really strong as a Celtic fan I've seen is when he comes off the bench and we're, we're ahead and he's, he's quite a good player to just knock the ball about left, right, etc. But when he starts, the tempo was just missing from that midfield and I think that really slowed the team down. Um, he, he fell asleep at the first goal. Um, the marker stole a march on him. He realised far too late that his guy was away in the box and and uh, Tony Rolson gets stuck underneath the ball. So I think that those sort of factors, yes, there was plenty of changes in our squad as big as we have, and we should be able to cope with that. But um, it was an off day for Celtic. Am I worried? No. Um, I think Ange said after the match that sometimes it's these wake-up calls you kind of need that stops you in your tracks. But plus it's going to sit man. But I think they're the two main factors for me as a Celtic fan that <clears throat> big Vickers missing and... Uh, my sort of lack of tempo and pace um, I think harbours yesterday Frank I think you're spot on uh, I've been a broken record all season talking about Celtic and when they play at that high tempo high pace football it's very hard to deal with especially teams domestically uh, and I think a big thing of that is when Callum McGregor plays that holding midfield role quite often he's the one that's breaking lines whether it's a burst of pace dribbling through the middle or passing forward keeping it one and two touch keeping the ball moving quick free kicks quick throw-ins like we see they've done uh, they've done all, uh, all throughout the season but I just felt Matt Aaron Moy when he was in there yesterday quite a lot of the time the tempo was then slowed down it, quite often it was backwards or side to side and Rangers uh, sorry Celtic never really got into that usual fast paced rhythm, uh, rhythm that we've seen all season through them and of course Cameron Carter-Vickers is going to be a huge miss I think he's been 
exceptional for Celtic since he's came in the door uh, quite a, a big part of the reason why their defensive record has been uh, so good has been down to him but for me I, I do agree I think the big one was I just felt Aaron Moy was slightly off the pace yesterday but, but fascinated to see you know, there are a lot of games of football to come after this international break to be squeezed in between the, you know when we go back the 1st of October and the World Cup you know Celtic have four more Champions League games I think there's a, there's a League Cup a quarter-final tie in there And a whole stack of Premier games Including at the start of November I think there's a Saturday midweek Saturday card How much It would be fascinating to see how much Ange Rotates this squad again Because as Andy said You know when, when McGregor was moved out That pivot role to accommodate Moy Redfield didn't function as well Turnbull didn't play as well as he normally does either um, Maida and Abada together Don't give nearly as much creativity As Jota When Jota's in the team Two young centre halves. That was the first time they'd ever played together, and they were bullied by Curtis Men. There's no no question about that. Um, so I'll be interested to see how much Ange thinks he can rotate after what happened yesterday. How much of a dent does that put in your optimism, Frank, or is it you know just one of those days and you move on quite swiftly? Um, yeah, I think if you compare the league table to <clears throat> twelve months ago, we played seven games, won three, drawn one, and lost three. Um, as I said, all credit goes to St Martin. I think Celtic have started the season very well. I've been on the phone and saying that. Um, <clears throat> I'm like the guy, didn't see it coming in a million years yesterday, but the credit all goes to St Martin. It's an off day. Sometimes these things early in the season can be good because um, it should reaffirm to Ange and the players like these teams are up for the fight. Your St Martin's um, and please like that they're fighting for their yeah. lives and all pod it's got to St Martin so well done to them and yeah we bounced back two weeks at home to your team <laughs> yeah can't wait um, I'm glad Frank ended it that way Roger because inevitably I don't think it's only us that does this when a, a so-called shock result happens or a giant killing or use whatever cliche you want there's an automatic focus on where it went wrong for the team that lost and it's easy to f- forget to give appropriate credit to St Mirren in this case who were Excellent And Frank's done it So let's make sure They get the credit they deserve You've already given them You know Result of the week And Stevie Robinson's Your performance of the week But just elaborate on what Impressed you Well Ange Touching it himself the, The game plan You know They came out And Some teams Decide just to sit And give Celtic possession And You know Defend deep The low block I think the kids call it now Gordon And they didn't They came and played their game And they got the wing backs Up into the game You know You look at the way Celtic play you know they get width high up from from Maida and Abada, and sometimes if you're playing a five, those wing backs can get forced back, and it becomes a five-three-two rather than a three-five-two. But St Mirren didn't allow that to happen. It was quite an adventurous change. He only made one change from the St Johnson game, and that was Scott Tanzer coming in for Richard Tate up in that left wing back role, and he gives you more going forward. And the, the lad Ryan Strain, who I think's back in the Australia squad, you saw what he gave St Mirren going forward. A great delivery. Yeah, he was good, for wasn't he? Marco Harris first goal. He put another one onto Marco Harris' head at 2-0. They could well have made it 3-0 at that stage. And they played two up. A lot of teams packed the midfield and just go with one up against Celtic. He went with the two they'd been playing, May and a younger. A younger get a goal, but, mm. but Mayne was... Main was as good yeah. as I can remember him Shows Probably you, since his mother old days Is that how disciplined and, and at it you need to be Andy If you were just to glance through those stats <laughs> And this is where we learn that This doesn't win you matches Celtic had 80% of yeah. the ball 80% They had 19 shots Of that They completed I think almost 90% of their pass It wasn't necessarily a bad Celtic performance in that regard But St Mirren obviously got it spot on 
Yeah, and I think that I think they got the balance and the blend of the game plan spot on. I think you know there was times that where they were in that low block, they were compact, but within that you have to have complete concentration when you're playing against teams of Celtic's quality. And I don't think that ever got away from them. They they, they dealt with anything Celtic had, but the biggest thing that impressed me the most is when they did counter attack, which they did really well with the wing backs. The amount of bodies they got in the box at such a quick transition within two or three seconds anytime whether it was straying or whether it was Tanzer down the left hand side anything that was crosses coming into the box O'Hara was in the box Bacchus was in the box Curtis Main was in the box Ayungu was in the box and if they never made first contact St Mary made sure they made the second contact as well and transition got bodies back quickly so I think that, you know listen obviously Roger gave him performance of the week and, and quite rightly so because I think Stephen Robinson got his, his game plan spot on Thank you Frank what it all means is that Celtic have a two point lead over Rangers at the top because Rangers did beat Dundee United 2-1 at the weekend you would be forgiven for thinking otherwise had you listened to this phone in on Saturday evening the first guy called the called the Rangers performance dug meat <laughs> which is one of those great technical terms what was the next word again? something like dross that's right another good technical term uh, and there was a lot of negativity. So Rangers fans, I wonder how you how you felt of the felt about the the performance. Now uh, looking at the league table, how do you look back, and are you still concerned because it, it does come on the back of those uh, three defeats uh, as well? So give us all your thoughts if you were there on Saturday or if you watched it. Here's what the manager made of it. Obviously, three points. I mean, it's the most. I think the most important thing today was to to get back here to. Uh, to winning ways, I think we started the game really well. Uh, so many times at home, to uh, already score two or three times within the first 15 minutes. You know, in the second half, we uh, scored quite early as well the, the the second goal. But you know, you could see after uh, we conceded the first goal, it's like maybe in in our minds, in the players' minds, like what if, what if, and uh, you could see that it affected the game as well. You know, we had chances to to kill the game off in three one. Some good chances we didn't didn't uh, take them, but uh, really happy to finish this block with a win because now we have two weeks break uh, until the next game against Hearts. We don't have the game, uh, the, the full squad for the next two weeks because we they go on international duty. But um, yeah, I think the most important thing today was the was the win. It's quite difficult when you have three defeats in a row. It gets uh, you know it can affect you. And uh, I think today, uh, at moments in the game, it affected us. And uh, where you see that uh, the decision making we had on the pitch wasn't like we had to do. I mean, that's you know the most difficult thing in in, in moments of uh, of stress or like difficult moments to keep focusing on your on your task and and on your play. And I think at moments of the game, you could see that we didn't do that well. But uh, in the end, I think this game should have been decided already uh, early and uh, that was also one thing we, we have to do better comparing to last season because last season we we played many of these games and then eventually conceded a late goal and uh, and dropped points again so um, you know I was happy that uh, that we took the three points Andy it depends how you view these things I mentioned the reaction on Saturday on the open line was Extremely negative Some real strong stuff from Rangers fans About the performance On the back of those three defeats But then of course yesterday comes along And, and now Rangers are only two points back How do you view it? Do, do you take the Rangers performance in isolation Or is it the bigger picture? Well I still think Rangers have got to look at the bigger picture And think they've you know, they've got to hit their top form pretty soon If they're going to 
then overtake Celtic's gap and close that two points gap especially when the next whole firm game comes in a couple of months time and, and I mentioned earlier of course listen to say Rangers needed the result would be the understatement of the week that's for sure but I felt as if they did need that performance along with it just to get the sort of fans back on side a bit of positivity uh, within the place and to be honest I thought after the first 20 minutes we were going to get it it was a bit of an onslaught Scott Arfield has a great chance to make it two then Ryan Kent has an even better chance to get a second goal after after the opening goal and I must say I love the I love the team lineup when I read it I like the fact that Charlie McCann was included for the start because I think any time he's played I think he's made a real positive impact uh, Leon King another one I think that centre half spot has been one that's been chopped and changed for the start of the season I think the last caller Frank mentioned Celtic obviously taking that sort of so uh, the, that rock away with Carter Vickers I don't I don't think Connor Golson's played with a, a centre half partnership for more than two games in a row all season so I, it was great to see Leon King in but I just think you know, Giovanni Van Bronckhorst mentioned that when Dundee United scored, you felt that what if within the Rangers squad. I think anyone watching it sensed that. I think after the, you know, the fact that they lost three games in a row, you just it felt a bit eerie within the stadium. I think any time that that Dundee United regained possession, there was all their groans. And I think that affected the players. I really do. And listen, Rangers can spin it and think that's them only two points behind Celtic after the drop points at Paisley. But I don't think they've hit anywhere near their top form this season. It doesn't matter if you're. Rangers or Berwick Rangers If you lose your previous three games 4-0, 4-0 and 3-0 There's going to be nerves among the team And among the support When a side gets back to 2-1 In, in your next game it, It's just human nature um, A real boost by holding on and getting the win I know you listen to some of the calls on Saturday night You wouldn't think it was a boost They will have had an enormous boost from the result in Paisley yesterday And I don't think it's a bad time To have an international break for Rangers It allows the players to go away Do their own thing And they can regroup again In 10 days time Get ready to go to Tynecastle And Giovanni Van Bronckhorst Will be giving them the message That I mentioned in the show earlier on mm. Rangers win at Tynecastle They're top of the league Might only be for a, a, a few hours But they're top of the league And that defeat for Celtic yesterday Put a Rangers team That's been bang ordinary And bang out of form Put them right back in the title race Charlie's a Rangers fan Does yesterday cheer you up a lot Charlie Or are you still a bit worried about your own team's performance levels Well as far as I'm concerned Yesterday doesn't really matter Because see the way we're playing now We're not going to do anything uh, I was at the match And it was unbelievable For a team For a Celtic to beat them 9 nothing, And to play the way we played It was absolutely diabolical And uh, Charlie McCann and Wee uh, King, they played brilliant. They, they were, they were, they were, they shouldn't shine out for any team. And he's just need to see these ones that he's playing all the time. He just need to scrub them and bring in some of these younger ones and take a chance. Uh, because they're not playing for them. They're not playing, especially at Kent. See, Kent, I don't think he took one single man on yesterday. Everybody was shouting, take a one, take a one. He just kept cutting the ball back the way. You know, uh, but the thing is, we'll need to keep, we'll need to win every single game, uh, and uh, to get Celtic at Ibrox and then maybe beat them there, uh, because I can't I can't see it happening if we don't pick well, get our ideas picked up. Because yesterday it was it was something else. I just couldn't believe it. Charlie's talking about Leon King, Charlie McCann. And I'm interested, Andy, because you said you loved it. You loved that team lineup, and you love to see those guys getting a chance. Which is understandable People generally like to see young players getting a chance But because of where Rangers are at at the moment We got a lot of stuff on Saturday saying Yeah, great, you know, good to see young players getting a chance But 
How are we here already? How are they playing ahead of Malik Tillman? How are they playing ahead of Ben Davis? And it, you know, it still fed into those same question marks about recruitment and, and so on. Do you, do you see that side of it? I do, but I actually think quite often, you know, Roger touched on the nervousness with, with the squad when the goal went in after three defeats in a row. I quite often feel that these youngsters play with no fear. And I think that was the big thing that stood out to me, especially with Charlie McCann uh, on Saturday, that it didn't it didn't phase him if he lost the ball. It, it was still getting on it. We was still trying to be positive. You know, Charlie touched on Ryan Kent. I don't think there's a bigger defender of Ryan Kent on me. You'll, put, you'll probably sense that over the last sort of two or three years I've been on the show. But, I mean, lately his form's just... It just looks devoid of confidence for me. And I, I think on, uh, on the basis of Saturday, like I touched on with Charlie McCann, it, it's the first time I've really watched Ryan Kent and felt these mistakes seem to be affecting him. Whether it's getting on the ball, driving at people, being direct, being the Ryan Kent that we have seen before, he, he's just fallen short and of being that player at the Roger, moment. Roger, it seems like any any single aspect of Rangers that we analyse at the moment leads you on to a bigger concern. You can talk about Ryan Kent on Saturday and if, so what? Players that take dips in form But then people also say Why is there no one To push Ryan Kent Why is there no one To take I, Ryan Kent's I, place it, When he's not a very funny, good time It's funny Gordon I heard somebody saying that In the show on Saturday Why is there nobody To take Ryan Kent's place There is There's Fashion Sakala There's Scott Wright There's Robbie Matondo Are they good enough To do what Ryan well, it's Kent not, it's Is not meant Ryan, to be doing It's not Ryan Kent's fault That the manager mm. Keeps picking him Ahead of these other players and, and He has a bit of an enigma Ryan Kent Because when Stephen Gerrard Was there he didn't play as what I would call an out-and-out left winger. His job wasn't to go outside the right-back and whip, crawl, you know, balls into the box for a big centre-forward. He was more of a number 10 who linked up the play and linked in with Morelos, came in off the left-hand side onto his right foot. And I think Giovanni is asking him to play a slightly different position. And I'm not convinced that Ryan Kent is suited to that sort of out-and-out left-wing role. I, I think something that... I've sort of affects that as well Roger is under Gerrard when Ryan Kent quite often did play that sort of inside forward role nine times out of ten Borna Barisic would be running down that line and be on the overlap I, I almost feel like Borna Barisic as well is almost on a leash anytime Rangers are attacking he doesn't seem to be that marauding overlapping left back that he's been for two years quite often it's these crosses very deep and he doesn't quite have that support so I feel as if sometimes it is easy to double up on Ryan Kent and I, that's not me making an excuse for him because he still has to play a lot better than he is but I feel like James Tavenier on the right hand side I don't feel as if Bonabaricic has the same what's the word I'm looking for the same what sort of licence yeah, to the go same licence right. to, to ball one and get forward is, is the same as Tavenier on the right hand side I actually always wondered and you know when Rangers were getting a few of these centre halves in when they took John Souter from Ute Hearts and Ben Davis came in if you look at Tavernier and Barisic or you look at Tavernier and Yelmans they're, they're all probably more highly regarded for their attacking exploits than their defensive exploits. I wonder if Giovanni w w was thinking of a three at the back for argument's sake, just before Lee and King emerged, maybe Golds and Suter Davis, and then push Tavernier and Barisic further on so they could play up. You play whoever you want in the midfield, and then Kent tucks back in alongside either Cholak or Morelos. Uh, I mean, Charlie, what, what are the positives? Like, you're two points behind. Cholak got another two goals. Incidentally, he then got slaughtered on the phone lines on Saturday for not being at it, even though he's the guy that scored twice. Um, is that not a bit harsh? Oh, aye. Because I was coming back in the morning and I couldn't believe the ones that was coming on saying that. Because at the end of the day, it's goals or wins games. You know what I mean? And if it wasn't for that guy, we wouldn't have won the game. <laughs> that's just, that's that, isn't it? 
Yeah, I felt maybe Andy That's just sort of symptomatic Of where Rangers fans were at At the moment And maybe that's changed a bit Because they got the boost In Paisley yeah. yesterday we, we, we had like multiple calls Not happy with Cholak's performance <laughs> And it seemed Just It seemed a strange Moment to have a go at him Over others When yeah. like you say The goal return's been pretty good And if it's not for Cholak It's for the future Not all we're talking about today uh, I don't feel as if he has the same Output As a Fully fit, fully firing Alfredo Morelos, but what he is, he's a penalty box striker, and you've got to say he's he's his goals to chance conversion, shall we say, since he's played for Rangers has been really good. He's always playing between the sticks. I think his work rate off the ball is actually really good as well. So I think if you're talking about pass marks at the weekend, there's probably two for me and, and, and Antonio Cholak's one of them. Could you play the two of them, Cholak Morelos? Listen, I think he could. I don't think he will. I think he's had plenty of opportunities to to to. To change formation over the last sort of year or so into a uh, two up front, especially when Kamal Roof was doing really well uh, last year when, when Alfredo Morelos is suspended or injured in that European run. I don't think he changed it, so I, I don't see uh, Rangers changing to that that uh, two striker formation. But I don't see why. I just wonder if there's some something serious like that, you know, a change of formation, whether it's something like that that's going to be required to kick start Rangers. Because the formation doesn't change Sometimes the personnel changes You know, there was Young King, Young McCann Who both did well at the weekend They've come in You, you know, you're never actually sure What the team's going to be But you more or less know What the, the, the system's going to be And sometimes I just wonder If he needs a wee change You know, change it up a little bit Thank you to Charlie Let's bring in Tommy Tommy, as I'm sure you can hear A lot of negativity About Rangers' performances But they're also only two points Behind in the league table at the moment now So how do you feel about it all? I'm, I'm I'm part of the negativity. I think I just I just kind of see what's happened between last year and this year. And we've got the top goal scorer in Europe last year sitting the bench. I don't know why. I mean, some people say he's not fit enough. Well, that's Van Bronckhorst's job to be able to fit enough. And I think there's something behind the scenes that we don't know what's happening. There's a bit of unrest or something in the dressing rooms. Yeah. What do you What did you make of that again? There might be a time where we're over analysing these things. But Tommy's a Rangers fan. It's still jumping out at him. No minutes for Alfredo Morelos After he then came and played the European game Or is that fine You're going into an international yeah. break what? No it, it was surprising for me I I wasn't overly surprised He never took Cholak off He's on a hard trick he, He's playing well he, he, Like I said he's in the penalty box He's, he, he's getting chances He actually ha- he had a chance to make it his hard trick But to fall back on Rogers' point there If Rangers were going to change to A two striker formation at any point that was probably the opportunity in the last sort of 20, 30, uh, 30 minutes because Dundee United started to commit bodies forward. They, they, they obviously chased a result within the game. Maybe then putting Alfredo Morelos, putting two up front, giving Dundee United something to think about was an opportunity to do that. And especially when there's been a lot of question marks over his fitness. He clearly needs minutes. I don't think there's any doubt. He then gets in the team during the week against Napoli. Could he follow that up with some minutes going on a national break? So for me, it was certainly a, uh, a surprise. We've never seen him. Yeah, I thought particularly after he played, you know, so long against Napoli um, to build up his fitness. Um, I assume they will be flogging Alfredo Morelos for the next couple of weeks to get his fitness up close to what it should be like for the game against Hearts at Tynecastle. Um, he's got a decent record against Hearts. I don't need to tell Andy that. So it'll be interesting to see. It'll also be interesting to see how they deal with the Ryan Ken situation because it is a thing. His form has been poor. His numbers. As they talk about Gordon Haven't been what they should be If you look at the numbers of Jota At Celtic and Leila Bada In terms of goals to games The ratio is far far higher David Thrill wrote about it in the, in the Scottish Sun this morning How Ryan Kent's 
goals to game ratio is is poor in comparison. And that's why Rangers fans phone the phone in to complain about Kent. But he, he does have talent. You've seen it in the past. He was a key contributor for Rangers when they won title number 55. A key contributor last season on the road to Seville. He can be a key contributor again for Rangers. But beginning to look as if it's a confidence issue. And Tommy, despite all that, it's two points. How much of an unexpected shot in the arm was that in Paisley yesterday for you? Unbelievable, wasn't it? I mean, you couldn't have made it up, I don't think. And, and St. Mirren deserved it. It was as if Celtic played badly. St. Mirren just played better. So can I add a wee bit on about the Rangers thing? Cause of course. It's, it's about Alfredo Morelos thing. That guy's going to walk away from here in January for nothing. Uh, so should we not be trying to can play him, get him happy and get him signed up again? The issue with that, Tommy, is who's going to take him in January for nothing? Because, you know, every signing, we see it when Celtic and Rangers buy players, every signing's a gamble. But the manager of a club in Spain or Portugal or France or Germany or England or whatever, the manager who takes on Alfredo Morelos, as he is just now, that's a gamble and a risk you don't necessarily need to take when you could look elsewhere for another striker. Because Morelos, when he's on form, when he's on his fitness... He is a terrific striker, record goal scorer for Rangers in European competition, a terrific signing at a million pounds all those years ago. But Alfredo Morelos, the way he's looked this season, isn't a good signing. Uh, managers always think they can be the one, though, don't they, Andy? Yeah. I've noticed that about you football types. Uh, yeah, listen, I understand that, but I'm, I'm certainly on the boat that I'd be looking to tie the two of them down a contract. I know the form's not great, but I think they've done enough over the last few years. They've they've played enough good games. They've been a, a part of enough success to tie them down. I, I think there's been a lot said about Rangers recruitment, and I do think it would be unforgivable if you leave uh, you let the two players go on a free. Uh, Tommy, what about then that you you know you mentioned the shock yesterday? Didn't see it coming. St Mirren deserved it. The last Rangers fan that was on, you know, feel that that just papers over the cracks sort of things. But but surely. Two points at this stage is not the end of the world. Oh, I'll take it, take it gladly. And what I was going to say about the Celtic games, what I said to, to Chris, the uh, guy answered the phone, um, but that was, this is always going to happen, was always going to happen because you can't train and play at that intensity week in, week out. It's just you're doing two games a week, so you're going to have to take a dip somewhere. So I hope there's nothing there of that happening. Yeah, I mean, maybe, Roger, maybe, maybe that is it, and we can only re- truly find out in time. I know the Champions League is. It's a step up in quality And That's undeniable But Celtic did still play In Europe until the 24th of February last season Whether it went well or not Is neither here nor there But they were still in Europe In that that schedule Until the 24th of February And and had enough To win the league It can be difficult I mean we were talking before the show Talking off air You know Andy was telling us His his schedule coming back from Latvia With Hearts at the tail end of the week And it can be tiring And you've played a game of football there You're working on a Different sort of time scale Even if it's only an hour or two out Your body clock is mixed up You're not sleeping in your own bed You come home the next day You know sometimes there can be delays And it knocks you out of routine Has Andy Halliday been moaning to you about Footballers the like to Riga during you, the week by any chance You like routine don't you Andy? I do like routine yeah I'm not somebody that loves to go out of their comfort zone Which is probably a, a slate on myself And I'm sure that's the Celtic players are no different That's because you're a 30 year old man who still likes a nap in the afternoon That's true Yep I already had my nap today as well Great recovery <laughs> Um yeah, we'll find out, I guess, Andy. You know, if that's one Celtic off day, which you think it is at the moment, Tommy's, I guess, is hoping that it's a it's a sudden example of that they can't keep the intensity up 
Is it a bit early to say Yeah, I that? think it's a bit early. And, you know, I think a lot of teams probably, you know, as a Hearts probably feel that this break has came at a good time. I don't think Celtic actually probably feel that way, even though they've just made six changes. I think pretty quickly they would like to get back into games and get back on a another unbeaten run as they'll try and do. Yeah, you don't want to be the next team to face them domestically, <laughs> oh. do you? Windied animal and all that. I can't wait. Um, thank you to Tommy 01419511025. Animal Celtic will be saying about mother. Well, you don't want to face oh, mother. Exactly. Next well, wounded animal after yesterday. I mean, both of them will be wounded going I, into I've, that game. I've never been so glad, right? Because I thought it was just me. I thought it was my bias. Now I went to the game yesterday, which was great in the sense that I don't get the chance often anymore because I'm always stuck in here with you lot. And as soon as the game finished, the text from Halliday came through and it said, "I've no idea how that was three 0 and it did, it made me feel a little bit better Because I thought at least it wasn't me That felt Mullow were hard done by But I guess Yeah they were you, I, uh, Your Air United contingent of Forrest and Shankland Clinical Was that the difference? Yeah I, I, th- I thought the first uh, the first half was Pretty even I'd say Motherwell maybe just edged it But I think both teams had, had plenty of chances But I think the second half Especially after that second goal went in I think after that maybe some Some tired legs for us potentially I think we sat deep And Motherwell sort of peppered us with crosses They had chances Hit the post Twice, three times at the bar. Uh, the boy left back, he's got a fair strike on him, isn't he? 30 yards at the bar, and then has another go two minutes later and puts one in the top corner that Craigie put, uh, plucks out the sky. So, listen, I was really impressed with Motherwell. I think Stevie Hamill's he's not been in the job long, but already you can see a identity within them. Uh, I think anytime you go to Fur Park, you know you're going to be in a physical battle. It's There's going to be periods in the game when you have to dig it out, but I was really impressed with. Not only the physicality side that they've obviously got with players like Van Veen, but they play some very good football as well. So I thought they've done well. If this is your thing, XG, Roger Hanna, expected goals. I don't know if you're much of a fan. Uh, I think over, because remember the Dundee United game before the postponements was similar. Van Veen missed a penalty. Motherwell had a host of chances. It was nil nil. Motherwell's XG over those two games is about six. And they've got no goals to show for that. That doesn't tend to be a. A great combination Look it's good That you're creating chances But that's, that's missing <laughs> And Paul McGinn's chance Is the only one That's ever <laughs> hit too By just for the one chance yeah. <laughs> hold, hold on a second Can you pass me One of those straws That he's clutching <laughs> At the minute uh, I just said It's not a great combination It's not a great combination No no I was listening I was just taking the mic <laughs> I was interested though the, the thing that stood out For me Andy I noticed it was a debut Next to you in the midfield Yep For this German chap From Heracles That's been signed Don't ask me to say His full name <laughs> It's okay Orestes Kiyomurzoglu Oh Sounds good now, to me You would think Hearts might have think We're going to make a bit of cash Out of this guy well, What because do you call him then Hold on a minute Kio. Yeah That's just on the back of your strip That's Kio the whole mass, point mass. Rather than put they, they could be charging 75 quid for a hard stop <laughs> And another 80 To get his name put In the back of the shirt What a boo-boo this is They've just put Kio In the back of his shirt You get it for a fiver Incredible um, But then going on, I'll, I'll, I'll do my best I'll put a positive spin on it You have been away Europe Which was a great win As well Everyone feeling good Come back Don't make quite as many changes yep. This time Go again Win 3-0 away from home and, and back up into third After We'll call it a mini wobble If you'll allow me Does it feel like Your heart's in a good place? Well We were very much in the place that We know going into that game If you lose You're in the bottom six if you win your third and I think a big thing we spoke about last season is I think our defensive record last year was pretty good uh, but going into that game we hadn't kept a clean sheet um, all season Riga we got a clean sheet 70 hours later we got another one in a clean sheet so I don't think the performance was great but to be honest we are in a place now where we're going into an international break we're third in the league which is great we're second in the, the conference league which is great 
and again I probably do feel as if we have another couple of gears in us as well uh, the reason I think the break has probably came at a good time for us is is our physio room is probably the busiest physio room in the United Kingdom I'd imagine right now especially with certain areas of the pitch and I think that week off is is going to allow us to get a couple of them back which is great it's no help that people can't go on the physio's desk because you're sleeping on it and that's true um, do you know it's making me feel a bit uneasy I've noticed this starting to creep in on Twitter um, Roger he's, he's almost becoming a bit of a fan's favourite I would say I think he's at that, that stage that can't be true I've I'm never seen, been a fan's favourite I know favorite. that's what I, that's oh, what I thought believe me listen I was, I was at the Edinburgh Derby for Super Scoreboard last season <laughs> two goals against Hibs they were singing the Andy Halliday song he is loved he's, in Gorgie he's getting a lot of praise what's the story behind the sticker now I, I made I've made various references to this over the weekend this sticker Yep. Has appeared It's got your face on it Twice And it's got some sort of Robbie Williams song lyric And rather than the word being candy It's all about Andy And it's Where, where is it? Where is that? No idea And I would love to know The source of the stickers I don't know if you do I've had an offer To get oh, some sent in oh, right. Someone contact I don't know can if I this do... is a song That this chap or A lady to, has made up I need up. to say to you The low point The low point Even worse Than St Johnson Nil Ross County Nil I would have sat through Another 90 minutes of that if I had avoided hearing Hugh Keevan sing Robbie Williams. What this you mean? Hey! Oh, here she goes. There's a little too high or a little too low. Got no self-esteem and birdie. Oh, gosh, you think she's made of Andy. <laughs> Things you never wanted to hear and yet I'm going to make you listen to it again. Hey! Oh, here she goes. There's a little too high or a little too low. Got no self-esteem and birdie. Oh, gosh, you think she's made of Andy. Does that make you want to retire? Yep, but I will say some chant of that man. This is the man who sang Jose Feliciano after stepping off a gondola in Venice. Nah, he's not. He's, he's certainly not. He's no shy, is he? Do you know what I like about that? This man here's got some cheek about folks singing. Honestly, oh, you have a good weekend, right, did you, Roger? Oh, I can't believe she's done this to me. <laughs> Can you believe it? Johanna, as you've never heard it. Incredible. Wow. The answer is no, believe me. I never want to hear. I tell you what, it sounds like some atmosphere at McDermott Park. <laughs> I never knew you had it in you. Oh, a showman. No. Like he's like genuinely embarrassed I've never seen this before I was at uh, my friend Bill Leckie's 60th birthday party on Saturday night oh, where right. I was lured up to do this turn Cat Harvey was there is so that who's getting the blame do you Kat, think Cat Harvey is getting the blame she told me she had video room and she was going to pass it on to producer Callum <sighs> I hope she had second thoughts do you know what I love Callum you like to put the video up I think not just uh, the audio that's... because it's the it's the three taps of the foot on the floor at the knock three times bit. Ah, unbelievable. That could be viral on Twitter. Honestly, between him and shaking Keevans there doing his Andy Halliday song, what what a team. Is what a team of God? absolute showmen. Absolutely not. <laughs> there will be no chance uh, of that happening. Anyway, now that I've suitably embarrassed you both, I think we can get back to, <laughs> uh, to talking uh, about the football. Always one of our, our bigger fixtures, if you like, is... Hibs Aberdeen Aberdeen yeah. Hibs are the big city clubs And they should be up there What did you make of that one at the weekend? I think going into the game uh, I fully fancied a draw to be honest I think both teams have had sort of mixed result Mixed performances uh, But if anyone did manage to get that win It was going to be a huge win Going into the international break Whoever it was going to be Was obviously going to take them into the top six Put the other one into the bottom six And I think actually Hibs played pretty well I think the 
No, the one 0 scoreline at the time probably flattered Aberdeen. Hibs uh, had a couple of chances in the game, but I don't think there's any doubt that the game then changes on that decision that Roger touched on earlier. And, you know, I, I certainly agree. For me, it's it's not a penalty, and it's certainly not a second yellow card. Um, let's hear from Jim Goodwin because it's always like to hear passionate stuff from managers after the games at the weekend. Here was his assessment. I thought we started the game really well. Um, obviously, got our noses in front, but in the first three or four minutes, uh, a really well worked goal. Something we spoke about. You know, we know Hems are vulnerable with the cross balls and have conceded some goals of late. So we worked on that. Great delivery from Johnny Hayes and a, a really good header from um, from Duke. So delighted to go in front. Um, you know, we knew obviously it was a hell of a lot of the game to be played. Um, but I, th- I thought we were comfortable. Um, I thought it was a decent game of football, eleven v eleven. I thought it was quite end to end. I thought Hibs finished the first half really strongly um, and for the last 15 minutes of the first half I thought we were a better team listen the major talking point is you know what happens just on half time uh, the penalty which leads to the red card which leads to the equaliser and it was um, you know, really disappointing from our point of view I don't know what Liam Scales can do when Ryan Porteous grabs him in a headlock and drags him to the ground um, and I don't know how many times you know the boy Porteous can get away with that kind of stuff because we're telling our players midweek, be careful with him in the box, be careful with him at set plays, try not to touch him because he will go over. Uh, I actually had a laugh and a joke with the referee prior to the game, again made him aware of it. And unfortunately, just on half time, he was sucked in, hook, line and sinker, uh, bought it and, um, you know, ends up with us having to play 45 minutes with a man less. I'm going all out on a limb here. I don't think Jim Goodwin's a fan of Ryan Porteous. Are you happy with that prediction? Yeah, I'll give you that. Yep. Um, they did a bit before. I was trying to rack my brains. I feel like we've maybe heard something similar before. But even if we haven't, I think that one just about covers it. And uh, you felt he had a case? Oh, well, listen, without doubt. Um, not only is he pulling Liam Scales' jersey, he then wraps an arm around his neck and hauls him to the ground. So it was a free kick the other way. Fascinated to see. Did you notice Liam Scales got a late call off to the Republic of Ireland did, squad yeah. today? Wouldn't it be interesting if he was up against Ryan Porteous at Hamden on uh, Saturday that's night? That's a good point. Yeah, there's potential for that. It's always been a pet peeve of mine. Happened quite a lot in the St Mirren Celtic game as well when, when two players are at it. I thought Curtis Main and, and uh, Moritz Jens were at it quite a lot and quite often the referee would give a, a decision either way when both players are at it, let it go. Mm. Uh, but there's no doubt who the foul comes for first and, and Porteous foul scales first. And unfortunately for Aberdeen, it was a penalty against. It's a big win though for Hibs, Roger. Um I still see people quick to point out, yeah, but you know, that they're getting lucky last minute goals or they're coming up against men being sent off and whatever. You know, yeah, fine, that, that that might be the case. Maybe that runs out in time, but at the moment, all you can do is take those opportunities when they come along. Yeah, yeah, definitely. And, and Josh Campbell is beginning to wield an influence in that Hibs side. Late winner at St Johnson earlier in the season, that spectacular late equaliser against the Angels at Easter Road, um, two goals at the weekend. He is becoming. I'm not going to say the main man But one of the main men In that Hibernian team They've got Boyle back They are now into the top six Andy was saying you know, It's fine margins It hearts lost to Motherwell yesterday They'd have been in the bottom six And Motherwell top six But Hibs have now just Sneaked into that top six And they'll be feeling A lot better about themselves And The other team that's in there They're going to do it again aren't they It doesn't matter how many times People want to write them off Livingston Sitting pretty Five games uh, Fifth place Seven games uh, on 12 points Always feel like the first international break It's still very early But it's just a It's a little 
A little sort of chapter that ends in the, the first part of the season you're, you're there, you've got to the first international break you've, you've played a decent number of games It's an okay sample size And there they are, comfortably top half of the table Yeah, and I think they can be pleased with their work You know, we touched on earlier on Andy gave Christian Montano the you know, player of the weekend um, That's 3-1-0 wins All scored by Christian Montano And if you can go against your rivals You know, 1-0 away to Dundee United 1-0 against Hart 1-0 against Kilmarnock you know, it, it helps you get up the table It really does And I'm not sure As a spectacle, Gordon It was a whole heap better Than my nil-nil at Perth But I think David Martindale and Marvin Bartley Will think it was a whole heap better I think the days of writing off Livingston are over I think that happened for a number of years Where every year they were tipped to be in the bottom two And, and potentials for relegation I just don't see that anymore They seem as if they're as consistent as anyone uh, That sort of middle of the pack of the table And I think especially at home They seem to be picking up some great results uh, We are finishing early tonight Of course Roger Hanna So just briefly on the week ahead We are now on to international stuff Three massive games for Scotland Yeah, huge games for Scotland And it really has sneaked up on these three games um, Ukraine at Hamden Wednesday night Ireland at Hamden Saturday night And then Ukraine and Krakow Poland a week tomorrow night um, Scotland courtesy of those two Wins against Armenia We're in a decent place In the Nations League group We've got a chance Absolutely I did say There has been changes To our scheduled programming Today and with that in mind We are going to finish now Finishing at 7 o'clock Rather than 8 But what it does mean We can roll over And talk even more football tomorrow If you didn't get the chance To get the weekend's action Off your chest Please phone us tomorrow 6 o'clock In the company of Gordon DL And Mark Wilson Callum Gallagher's up next But after your news With Paul Kelly <laughs> 